Hey friends, you're listening to Collaboration Code Radio where we bring together the San Diego coding and tech community. I'm your host, Chelsea Kaufman, CEO of Learn Academy. And today I have with me Dante Moore. How are you? I'm great, how are you? Pretty good, pretty good. Thank you for having me on. Oh gosh, thank you so much <laughs> for being here. I'm really excited to actually learn more about you and your life before Learn. I'm boring. Uh, <laughs> no, 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 not from what I heard. Um, and and a little bit of like your journey has been so cool to kind of watch you uh, be a part of the class and then after the class come back and be in part of the classroom for a little while and then watch you go on your job hunt and just thrive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, it's been really fun. Um, where do you want me to start? Where do you want to start? Yeah. Okay. Well, <laughs> um, so you've been out of the boot camp for about uh, six months. Six Is that months, right? Yeah. 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 And you're just now working in a new job, even newer job than the last time I yes, heard. Yeah. That's exciting. Uh, so I originally was working at Job Connect and it was really good, but it's hard to gauge uh, a company just from an interview until you actually start working at the company. Sure. And once I start working there, it wasn't a fit for me. It, I wasn't a fit for them. They wanted me to just be like segmented and I was working freelance at the time with another company and they offered me a position that I wanted and I've already experienced their culture. I had game nights with them. So I decided <laughs> to take that. <laughs> I decided to take that position. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm excited to talk to you yeah. about that. Okay. <laughs> Mostly because I, we talk a lot in the classroom about finding that right fit mm -hmm. and how important culture is, how important, how important that supportive environment yeah. is. And so, okay, we're going to get to that. <laughs> okay. Um, but let's start way before that. Okay. Where would you say home is? Home for me is Japan. I was born and raised in Japan. Uh, I went, I started maybe elementary school all the way to middle school. I came two years uh, back to America for uh, middle school to improve my English. And my high school years were in Japan, and I went back for college. Okay. <laughs> All right. So tell me about uh, that's okay. Let's take a step back. Uh, tell me about growing up there and yeah. what that was like. Um, growing up there was it was it was different. I I realized at a very young age that I was different from everyone else. Um, it was a learning experience of like how to fit in, how to be not Japanese, but live in like a Japanese environment. Uh, I learned a lot about myself. And as I got older, I realized these things. But when you're growing up, everything seems like I'm just a kid there. I'm slightly different from everyone else. I don't know why, but I, I had fun growing up there. Yeah. yeah. That's that's a really amazing thing to kind of learn so early on yeah. in life. Like, how do you see those skills helping you as uh, as you've gotten older? Um, I, I have a joke with my friends that I, I'm a chameleon, like where yeah. I can just jump into any group. And I think that's my upbringing is I had to learn like, I like these things, but no one else likes these things. Let me try what they're doing and see if I like it. And if I do like it, I have a new set of friends. So that growing up, that was kind of like my lifestyle. was like just trying different things outside of my comfort zone. So as I got older, it just became kind of like second nature to me. Cool. Yeah. Okay. So so you stayed in Japan for a while, mm -hmm. and and then you left. I left. I came here. I uh, lived with some relatives in Mississippi. I learned very, very different. I learned very <laughs> quickly. Uh, it was. Uh, uh, 
that was probably the hardest probably two years of my life and it's I say that like kind of jokingly but it was really hard I remember how old were you at that time I was 12 13 yeah. maybe yeah, I was going oh, into yeah I was like finding myself and then all of a sudden I like kind of know who I am yeah or, here's Mississippi I'm like who are these new people that I have no clue but definitely uh, a learning experience for yeah. sure that's such a crazy age yeah. to yeah. kind of take uh, uproot yourself yeah, and put yourself sure. into a whole new culture it was fun though it yeah. was fun and it's like I still have the like my cousins I still talk to them to this day and it, my first interaction with them was like I hate you guys <laughs> but yeah. now like they're family and and they help me grow as a person so that's so cool how great it is to have uh, to be yeah. tight with family like that so so then you you went back to japan i did i went there for high school and i did my first three years there and i did my last year of high school in san francisco oh okay yeah. what brought you to san francisco uh i think Ultimately, my parent, my mom wanted me to make sure that I had English. Like that was her most important thing is like, you have to learn English. Like you just can't sure. have Japanese. So like just thrust me into like a English school. I think I learned a lot. I think like I honestly felt like that was probably the best year of my life because I was away from like everything that I knew and kind of self-relying on myself. Yeah. Yeah. They take you to, you go to new places at very, like, yeah, important yeah. pinnacle parts of your childhood. Like, right when you're becoming a teenager, yeah. your senior year of high school. Yeah, it, and I think, I mean, for me, uh, I think a lot of people, those pinnacle years are like, they become comfortable. And for me, I was becoming uncomfortable. So a lot of how I am today is like that uncomfortableness of like, well, hey, I was comfortable, but let's try something new and see how yeah. it goes. Well, there's finding, um, uh, being okay with yeah, being peace. comfortable, yeah. right? Having peace with that. Yeah. And I, I've talked about this a lot with other students that I think when you're in development and you're programming, you are often in a state of, of feeling like you don't know, you don't know where the answer is. So there's that state of being uncomfortable. It's my whole life. <laughs> I know. You've been preparing your whole yeah, life. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And like, Honestly, to your point, programming, like, for me, was just, like, a logical step is I'm always uncomfortable. So it was, like, being uncomfortable with programming is nothing new to me. Sure. Just Googling. <laughs> yeah, right. Figuring things out. Yeah. Yeah. Tackling new problems. Yeah. Cool. So so you then went back and to the University of Tokyo. Yes. And, and got your degree out there? Yes. I got my international business and marketing. And... At 18, you really don't know what you want to do, <laughs> and it, in our society, that's something you have to pick something. And definitely by Japanese uh, standards, you have to be in school by 18. So I just picked what all my friends were doing, and <laughs> and they're all in business and marketing, and I did it. I, I don't regret it, but it's something that it wasn't. I wasn't interested in it. It was. I just went through the motions, got the grades, sure. got the diploma. Yeah. Do you, are there things that you took out of that that you think you use? For sure. Um, um, how to run a business, uh, definitely marketing. Um, marketing, I would say, kind of pushed me into development because I had to like HTML, like build a landing page, build like an e-blast, like things like that. I felt like were just like the maybe breadcrumbs that led me to development. Cool. So it start. It may have started like yeah, early, but I didn't realize year. it yet. <laughs> totally. totally. Uh, I, I think that's true of a lot of people. Yeah. That it's 
I, I know for myself that I, when I was a kid, I was building computers with my dad. Yeah. And I didn't even really put it all to, and then I went into the arts. Like I went into nonprofit arts <laughs> organizations after that and totally changed. But computers have always, the internet and, yeah. and all of that has always been a part of it in this weird way. So when I transitioned in, in into this field, like it, it was a natural like, yeah. oh, I think something in my whole life was telling me this is where I needed to go. <laughs> you just weren't listening. I wasn't yeah, listening. Yeah. No, it took, it took me a little while, yeah. but I think that that's a common story. Yeah. I, I think that we're getting better at introducing it earlier mm-hmm. and showing people that they're, that this is a, a really great career path. Yes, for sure. Um, cool. So after college, you became a marketing manager. At Rockton Bank. Rockton Bank. Bank. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it was kind of like my first real job. Sure. Yeah. Um, I, I can't really imagine you like working at a I, bank. <laughs> so, <laughs> Rock, yeah. yeah. Like, that just feels a little... <laughs> I have two sides, so like, that's sure. a chameleon. <laughs> um, so, Rockton Bank is very similar to like eBay, but they also have like a, a bank aspect to it. So, like okay. they, they have like this e-commerce site, and that was the site that I was more on. Um, but it was... I had to be serious. And and like I, I can be serious, but like all the time, like I had people <laughs> under me, and I was fairly young, and I think maybe the youngest person like on the team. So like I had to be extra serious. Like my tie was like very. Oh t- <laughs> I can't even imagine I'm going to work in your tie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That suit, my briefcase. I was a salary man. <laughs> oh man! All right, you definitely like made the. You, you, I think you found the right path. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I like. Not wearing suits as much. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's what Rob says. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally. Uh, okay, so after the bank, um, you you were there for three and a half ish years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you went, uh, and then you became project manager. Is yeah. That right? So I worked at. Uh, I came back to San Diego, and I was a project manager. Um, so I came to wait, San wait, Diego. Wait. When did so you? <laughs> Yeah. So what brought you to San Diego? Was it the job? No, it was not the job. Uh, I it got was a girl. Yeah. It was a girl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so I was dating someone and it was, I wanted to come back regardless, but in order to come back, I had to take her with me and she wanted to come to San Diego. So I let her choose where we came back to and she chose San Diego and uh, yeah, I got married and uh, probably the best decision of my life because like. I'm very nonchalant, so now I have like this motivation. <laughs> and yeah, so I, I was working as a project manager, and that's kind of where I got like the uh, huge taste of like being a developer. Like, okay, um, I, I realized like, oh, I can like had all these engineers. I didn't understand what they were doing, so I like had to research so I could like manage them and. I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed watching them work. Like I would, they thought I was micromanaging, but I was really like, "Yo, what are you working on? Like, how can I work on that?" So that yeah. that was my big uh, break to, to realize I like development. All right, yeah. that makes sense. That mm. I think that that's a common uh, path that yeah. we have. You know, students that have, are all of a sudden around other developers yeah. are like, "What is that thing that you're yeah. doing over there?" Uh, cool. So. Can you talk a little bit about that, like transition of the motivation that pushed you? To yeah. Um, so originally at at the company, they had like a branch, and I, the main branch I was working as a like data scientist. That's kind of what my background is, and um, 
it was just more analyzing the data, not actually making the apparatus to analyze the data. So once I had the opportunity to actually make the apparatus to analyze the data, I realized I don't like analyzing the data anymore. <laughs> I like actually making the tool and then having someone else. And for me, it, it still didn't click. Like you might want to be like a developer. It it was just like I need this tool. I had to make it myself. I had to like Slack overflow all these problems and. <laughs> like MacGyver this kind of thing so I can analyze the data. And once I did it, it was like a huge accomplishment. And no one, like everyone else was like, wow, we can analyze the data. But no one realized like, oh, we have a tool now that <laughs> made it so simple. Right. So like for me, that's what I was more proud of is actually making that tool. So yeah, the process. The process of making the tool, the like the, the struggles, like not the end product. Like the end product right. was great, but I enjoyed the whole process. Yeah. Okay, so so then what made what was the jump? That like did you because you eventually came to learn? Yeah, so what was the jump? Um, I think the jump was just late night YouTube videos and okay. <laughs> before going to bed, uh, kind of like just like how do you become a developer? Like taking like online courses and eventually I realized one bad day at work, I'm like, all right, I'm out. <laughs> and I, uh, yeah, I rolled and it's been great ever since. So I, I don't know what the key pentacle moment was, but there was a lot of things that kind of attribute to me moving to sure. leaving my job and going to learn. Yeah. How did you, how did you first find boot camps? Um, was, it, was it the uh, path down uh, YouTube? I think it was the path down <laughs> YouTube. Yeah, it was like some cat videos thrown in there. <laughs> but yeah, it was it was just Googling like a software engineer or a web developer and then eventually arriving to this one person video and then now having that keyword coding boot camps and now plugging that in and getting more information. Got it. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, long nights. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Do you remember your first like experience coming to learn? Yeah. Yeah, I do. It it even for me and I it was intimidating. Like I felt like did I make the right decision? Like I sure. you're in a room with like twenty other people, you don't know them yet and like from the learner's perspective, super welcoming, but like you're still it's a new environment. So like and like my first like interaction, I had I took someone's chair. <laughs> I, the guy got up. I'm not gonna say who he is. He knows who he is. <laughs> and like, worked for it. yeah. And he said something like under his like under like oh this guy took my chair blah blah blah. But I didn't know. And that was like my I'm like oh this is gonna be terrible. <laughs> but yeah, it was it that day, maybe from like nine to twelve. It was super like intimidating but like after sure. lunch like once you sit down and you bond with like the people that you're going to be with for the next three months right. it was wonderful yeah that the first day lunch is something that is really special to yeah. us that like we so just to fill everyone in so you were in our alpha 2019 mm -hmm. class so you started at the beginning of this mm -hmm. year uh kind of cool like way to and yeah, year year for sure um but that like on the first day of school or class mm -hmm. we 
bring together all of the classes. So the class that just started, mm-hmm. a class that was is currently in session. Mm-hmm. We bring together all the staff and like and our our partners at Notch Eight. Like just bring everyone together and be like, here's a bunch of food. <laughs> Let's all talk to each other. And, and it's super organic too. It's not like it's not you guys don't force it. Like it no. just naturally happens. No, we're not very good at the, <laughs> like forcing things. <laughs> we tend to to roll in the more organic. Yeah. Or, yeah. Uh, as best we can. <laughs> um, and we have talked to a couple of your classmates before, both Tucker and Jess have yes. been on the podcast before. Um, and I think that, you know, talking to them, that your class, like, formed a pretty cool bond. Yeah. I mean, I think everyone thinks their cohort's, like, the closest, but I think our cohort's the closest. <laughs> <laughs> like, even, like, coming, like, we're getting too late, but going back to, like, the class that I taught, I don't think they're as close as our class was. Like, sure. We were... We're, we're coding and doing partying every other night. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, <Yeah>. guys. <laughs> Calling them out. Um, yeah, that's great. I think that that idea that the cohorts are there to kind of lift each other up mm-hmm. and that it's not it's not a, a kind of competition. Yeah. You know, it's a weird thing because you are all there to, like, go get jobs. Mm-hmm. So I think the natural thing is for people to think, oh, they're going to, like, yeah. duke it out for yeah. the jobs. But in reality, it, it's so much more effective if everyone is there, like, yeah, lifting and, you up. And it's not even just, like, for the like the three months or four months, it's beyond. Like I still talk to Tucker. I talked to Tucker yesterday. Um, I hang out with people. We go to brunch and it's like, oh, how's the job hunt going? Like it's motivation to like, are you still coding? Like it's that extra voice, like keeping people moving, but still like, that's how I see it. Um, Life, I have friends from this. Like at the end of the day, like I learned coding and I have five friends that, that I hang out with constantly. Yeah. That's so great. I mean, I think it's you're going through such a big shift in your life Mm -hmm. and and having that support system around you is it just makes it that much easier. Yeah. Knowing that they're also going through (laughs) the struggle too. (laughs) Right, right, right. They'll go they'll go on the roller coaster ride with you. Um, cool. So you you went through the course. Uh, you had your internship with uh, a motive. Yes. Can you tell me a little bit about that? Um Probably the best way to end like the learn um, boot camp for me. Um, sh- big shout out to like Matt Boschworth. He's the uh, mentor. Um, basically, his company makes a EEG headset that you can put on your head and it monitors like brain activity. It's like health and fitness kind of. And he gave us the headset. And he's like, here you go. Do what you want with my headset. <laughs> and for it was like a gift and a curse because uh, my partner Ace that we did it with, uh, we knew what we wanted to do, but we d- didn't know how to do it. And sure. and I feel like that's kind of where like development starts is like, all right, we want to take this headset and we want to move some medium. So we took the headset and we sent mental commands to a Bluetooth ball and the ball would basically move based on the mental commands. It sounds cooler than it is. <laughs> but, I don't know. I remember watching you guys at the end. It was pretty cool. <laughs> um, and for it, so it's a four-week uh, internship, and f- I would say for a week and a half we struggled, and Matt let us struggle. Like he just the whole week and a half, he's like, "What do you guys want to do? All right, how do you get there?" 
And like, I remember one day, he's gonna be angry that I said this, but <laughs> uh, we had like a bad day and it came to the point that Ace and I were like copying code like on someone else's GitHub and trying to like Frankenstein something and we showed him and he's like, you guys are not script kids anymore. You guys have to actually develop. And then, <laughs> and that's all he said. And we went back to our desk and I was slacking Ace. I'm like, man, let's ditch this guy. <laughs> but like from that, I like kind of, he was right. Like if you want to be a developer, you actually have to take the time to actually like go through the struggles, like figure out what you want to do. It, even if it's very like juvenile, like just get something working and then refactor later. Yeah. And at the end of it, we had a whole working project that we could show people and I still show people. That's so cool. <laughs> it's such a good, I don't know. He, Matt's great. He's, he's awesome. He's, I, I've been super lucky with like my mentorship and like, he's like, he's a person that I could call right now. And once he's done tending his like artichoke farm, he's going to call me back. <laughs> 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 he, yeah. He's, he's like a lifelong friend, like, and he still checks on Ace and I, like I saw him two weeks ago. Like he's just a really good guy. That's awesome. Yeah. That's good to hear. He's uh, a good developer too. I should say that. <laughs> right, right, right. Number one, like yeah. yes. Um, but I think that that motivation, that mentorship, is yeah. such a huge part of For the sure. internship process. Yeah. And then it creates you. You get introduced to people that can continue to help you yeah. in your career, and that that is so valuable. Yeah. That we we really enjoyed partners like Emotive and some of. <clears throat> some of our other internship companies mm -hmm. that just have great mentorship yeah. that really care about helping people to like make that shift yeah. and not just copy code, yeah. but really think about what. And and I think that's the beauty of like the Learn program is like sure there's a whole bunch of other programs that have like three month boot camp, but to have that one month internship to actually get like real work, like be accountable for some type of project, is super important. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, you may have already shared this already, yeah. but like, what would you say is your most enjoyable uh, part of the boot camp? Uh, most enjoyable part, definitely getting a job. But like, <laughs> <laughs> inside the boot camp, I think once things start clicking, like everything is not going to fully click, but like just bits and pieces. Like, oh, I know what that's going to do, or like as you're doing a lecture and like someone's explaining something and you're kind of like, oh, this is going to happen or that error is going to happen. Once that starts happening, you start like realizing like, oh, maybe I can do this. So, so there's many of those moments. I wouldn't say like there's one moment, but like those are the moments that I enjoyed during boot camp. Yeah. It sneaks up on you. Yeah. And, and I guess we'll get into it later, but like, you know so much more than you think you do. And then once you're actually like have to prove it, like you're like, oh, I actually do know this stuff. <laughs> it's true, it's sneaky. Uh, so what would you say, uh, do you have any advice that you would give students? Um, I thought about this one. And my advice is like, there's, there's two types of people. Like um, there's people that need to like compare themselves to actually like have that motivation. That's the type of person I am, like looking at the Tuckers, looking at the Jess, like, I'm, they're at the top of the class. So when I see them, I'm like, wow, Tucker's still going home and he's putting in like five hours after boot camp. I need to put in 10 because he's double as a developer I am. So like, but if that's not your personality, don't do that. Like, because it can 
lead you the other way where like you think that you're putting in all these hours and you're not catching up with someone. So kind of knowing like yourself as a person, do you need that competition to actually like thrive to like push yourself to be a, a better whatever? Or are you the person that want, has your, your own pace? As long as you're like being truthful to yourself, like I'm going home and I'm gonna study for three hours. As long as you're hitting those benchmarks, whatever you set for yourself, don't compare yourself to other people because it will have the reverse effect. You're a spiral. Yeah. Everyone learns at different paces. Yeah. And so it's hard to, it, it, comparing is almost impossible to do. The, like, I think that you're right in looking at it as a motivational yeah. source. And that, but if you can see that like the way you learn something, the way I learn something mm -hmm. is going to be totally different and, and at different rates and that I'm going to grasp something maybe before you yeah. and then you're going to grasp something before me and then, it, you know. Yeah. And so, yeah, kind of stepping back from that and understanding and kind of trusting. Trust, trusting yourself is probably one of the hardest things to sure. ask students to do. Yeah. And an another thing is getting a person that you can study with outside of class. Like, I was super fortunate that my, my group of friends, like, we had hobbies outside of just, like, coding. So, like, after class, we would get on, play a couple of video games, and then like, all right, let's do that lecture today. And then we'll all do it. We'll give each other tests. We'll like look at each other's code. Like getting that like that support group outside of the uh, like outside of learn. So you're going home, and then you can like, hey, I can study with someone else. So you're just not studying by yourself. That's that really worked for me. That's great advice. <laughs> That's great. Like having that connection with other students yeah. is really cool. So after you graduated, mm -hmm. uh, you started doing some freelancing. Yes. That was a great thing. <laughs> yeah. Can you tell me a little more about that? Yeah, sure. That? So um, it, it wasn't even my idea, actually. And like credit to Muzik. She's the one that actually put it in my mind like to use Upwork, which is like a platform for freelancers. And I started off very simple. It's like stuff that I was comfortable with doing, like not even development. Like I'm really good at like HubSpot CRMs and Salesforce. So I would like, all right, I need this done. But then working with them, I'm like, oh, you guys also need a landing page. I can build that for you too. Like use leaning on my development skills. Um, and it, it helped for two ways. One, financially it helped. <laughs> and two, like I'm practicing, like I'm still, learning and I'm responsible for this client. This client is like giving me a project and I need to finish it in a timely manner. So like, and it, it, I, of course I looked up things, but that's normal development. I had to like, how do you hook up this page to the, like this password page or something. Stuff, simple stuff like that, I still had to look up. So yeah. for me, I felt like it's a good way to, to learn, continue learning and get paid for learning. <laughs> like, as long as you can do, as long as you're truthful with yourself and you can do the job, I feel like it's a great re uh, opportunity to learn and get paid while you're learning. Um, another important thing I would say about uh, freelancing is like you meet new people, and <laughs> we'll talk about it later. But like for me, uh, I met a lot of different people from walks of life that like they still, hey, can you do this for me? Or like, hey, I'm in San Diego, do you wanna hang out? And it's more than just, I, they weren't just my client, they were friends that I actually hung hang out with now. So yeah. I think it's a, a really great opportunity. You do have to put yourself out there though. That's the one thing I will say is you have to be comfortable with one, like applying for these jobs, getting shut down. But for every job that you get shut down, there's a job that you're gonna get. 
that there's really no other advice I can say but put yourself out there. Right. Yeah. Like you can't get anywhere if you don't ask. For sure. Right. Yeah. Or apply or yeah. whatever it is. Um, can you? What were the like difficult parts of? Difficult editing? parts. Um, difficult parts were maybe speaking the language. Like there's there was a call. I'll be honest. I had like a CTO, and like I think he, like obviously he knew I was a junior, but like when he's asking you questions, like do your research. Like like you're applying for a job, so you have to do the research. Like they give you requirements of what they're looking for kind of have a game plan of how to conquer each bullet point. This is like maybe my second one. I did not have that game plan. <laughs> so at the end of the call, I did not get a call back. So, sure. but from that experience, I learned like, hey, all the answers are here. Like he's telling you, he's like, I need a login page. All right, how would you tackle that problem? It might not be the most efficient way to tackle that problem, but at least you have something to speak on that. Just don't go in blind. That's great. Yeah. That's good advice. And I like that you started out small. Yeah. Right? The, you, you get those early wins. <laughs> yeah. Get those reviews in. Get those five stars. <laughs> there you go. Get, play the game. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then started. And I love that you're like making, creating relationships yeah. with the clients. But I think that, that it, whether you're doing freelancing or you're looking for a job, mm -hmm. that like creating relationships and a network of people that you can go to is yeah. how you're going to find that next one. For sure. Yeah. And I, I think uh, there's like, I use Upwork, but there's like, there's so many platforms that you can leverage to get jobs, like just freelancing jobs, uh, freelancers.com, uh, Upwork. Um, there's even some Craigslist. I, I would be shady of those. <laughs> <laughs> but there, there, there's a lot of platforms that you could use. And the thing is like, essentially you're just copying and pasting your resume or whatever and just placing it on different platforms. They're just, for me, they're just like fish hooks that you're hoping that one will get that fish for you and then you do the research and you get the actual contract job. Yeah. So were you, like was the idea to kind of use this uh, supplement while you were looking for a job or was it a like, I want to try out freelancing because this may be a path that I want to go down? I think it was a little bit of both. And the reason I said that, because there was a plan that we can have like our own consultancy firm. But like <laughs> at the end of the day, it, I would say the ultimate goal was just to like supplement some income while I looked for a job. But then as I started to do it, I realized I don't really need a job. I can just keep doing this. Um, so it was a little bit of both. Um, but there's always security with having a job in the beginning because you'll have that person, one, you know you're gonna get a paycheck every two weeks, every month, and you have that mentorship. Like, I think that's really important in the beginning of your journey is to have that person that when you go into work, you can see the disappointment on their look because you blew up some code base. I feel like that's really important to develop you as a, a developer. <laughs> that makes sense to me. Yeah. There, there's, there's a balance to yeah. it, and I like that recognizing that in the beginning of your career, how important mentors are, yeah. how important learning still is yeah. in, in just learning the basics. I wouldn't be, it wouldn't surprise me if we, you know, reconnect in 10 years and you have like this crazy <laughs> consultancy. That, that wouldn't keep surprise saying me that. even a little bit. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the way you connect with people just is like, I, that wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, which is one of the reasons why when we, so learn, 
Um, sometimes when we have classes that overlap, mm -hmm. we like to bring in extra or bring in alumni to kind of help out and just make sure that there's always somebody there to answer questions. Uh, and so that was one of the reasons why we reached out to you was because of how you connected with people in your cohort and, and just how we saw you in the community that we knew that you would be a really great teacher and eventual mentor to to the people going through the class. Yeah, thank you. And it, for me, it was a really, really like huge opportunity. Uh, I will say I was really happy when I got the Slack message. <laughs> <laughs> um, not because like it's a job, but I felt like it was a, a additional opportunity to keep learning. And I'll say it again, I learned way more <laughs> than the students did because you don't know how much you know and you don't know how much you don't know until you, you're actually forced to like give a lecture. It's like, I thought I knew something, and then I'm like, all right, let me just go write up a lecture. I'm like, man, I don't know this at all. <laughs> let me go study this a little more so I can actually yeah. go up there and like, if they have questions, I can ask, actually answer those questions. Yeah. It was tough. <laughs> uh, my first day, I remember telling Sarah, I hope no one asks me questions. Like, please don't ask me questions. <laughs> and, but that quickly died down. Like, once I did my first lecture and I start, like, gassing myself up, like, oh, I can do this. Like, I'm really good at this. Like, God. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, to this day, I still talk to a lot of those students. Uh, and it's it's one of those things where, like, it it is like uh, emotionally draining, but like it's a, in a really good way. Like at the end of the day, like to see someone that was struggling to understand a concept to actually understand a concept at the end of the day, it's like I'm looking at myself all over again. Sure. <laughs> so, I I would say it was definitely a high point in getting me to where I am right now. Yeah. That it was not only like interacting with like the students but you guys as a staff like how you guys operate like what was expected of like the teachers like it kind of like uh, made me a little more serious <laughs> <laughs> but we're not serious all the time not all and time. we didn't make you work <laughs> you did not make me work <laughs> you know i was thinking about what you said um that actually something matt said mm -hmm. um about like letting you kind of figure it out. Yeah. Now there's probably a good chance that Matt knew the answer. Oh, for sure. Right? Yeah, yeah. And I think that that's one of the hardest things for our instructors is to make that shift yes. of like, I really want to tell you this answer. Yeah. One, because that's the easiest thing to do. Yes. Uh, and two, it makes me feel good because I can show you that I know the answer, <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, but that's not the best thing for the student. For sure. Right? And yeah. that, that's such a hard, like, shift. It is. And it, as a student, it drove me crazy to walk to Matt, Jez, or Sarah. I'm like, hey, can you help me with this? And then Jez, like, drink her coffee. I'm like, so what are you trying to do here? <laughs> I was like, I've been stuck on this <laughs> for 30 minutes. Can you please just help me? But that, that pain that you're going through, is like it's very essential to learning like if she would just give me the answer or he would give me the answer i would have probably just all right plug it in and it, it wouldn't register in my brain but that struggle that you have to go through it's uh it's it adds a, an extra layer of learning because you remember that pain of like oh i remember when i went through this i did blah 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 and it works now so definitely the hardest i would say like the first day or two i was just like 
you you need help? Here's an answer. Here's an answer. But <laughs> I was Oprah with that. <laughs> but as like as you see like them getting stuck on the same problems again, you realize that you're actually hurting their learning because they're like, oh yeah, Dante just told me to do this. Let me just go back to that code. But they're not understanding why that is actually working. Right. So like. Definitely by like the end of the week, no one's getting answers from me. I was just sitting <laughs> down with them, and I'm like, "All right, what's the, what's the struggle, man? Tell me what's going on." Yes, it's it. And then at the end of the day, I think it helps way more. Like you don't understand how much it helps in the moment because you just want the program to work. But at the end of it, you will see. Like, I'm glad that I had to struggle for an hour just to get a button to actually fire. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that it from our perspective is something that we've always like, you want to walk that line. Yeah. You know, you don't want to get to the place where students are struggling so much yeah. that they get like flooded and lost yeah. and like can't function anymore, <laughs> which sometimes happens. Um, but but you also don't want to feed them. Yeah. You can't feed them the answers over and over again. And I think like as an instructor, it, everyone has their own like, like pain tolerance where like, I will let a, a student struggle a little more because I know he he has it in him. Whereas a person that's been struggling, like maybe for two or three concepts, I don't want them to keep struggling because they're gonna be like, I didn't get this, I didn't get this, now I'm not getting this. So like, there's right. there's a, a real fine balance, and I have to like applaud the teachers and instructors to actually like know that balance for each student because everyone's different. Like, I can struggle until for eight hours <laughs> and right. they're asking, would you finish? Like, oh, I just have my button fit working. But <laughs> someone like me or someone that's opposite of me, maybe like after five, 10 minutes like of like researching, they just need to answer because they're at that point. So it's definitely a, you have to know like each and every student, which is, I find fascinating as an instructor. Yeah, it's a hard, it is a hard thing to get to know everyone as quickly as we need to get yeah. everyone and understand how how to push them. Yeah. Um, and and also support them. For sure. You know. So, yeah, I think that we've worked a long time in trying to figure that out. Yeah. And and mostly like how to train our instructors so that they can do that. Yeah. Um, so, I have to ask because I have no idea what it means, but Matt. Our lead instructor has mm -hmm. now referred to the Dante method um, <laughs> a few times, and I still don't know what that means. Uh, the Dante method, there's a lot of them, but the one that I think that <laughs> Matt is referring to is a React props uh, method. So uh, during our cohort, we learned props basically by building one component and then putting all the props in it, and then the next day, it's like, we're not doing that at all. So like when you're learning the concept of props, it's super, it, it's hard to like grasp exactly what it's supposed to be doing. So like from day one to day three or four, you're learning completely different ways. So <laughs> for, for me, it was super tough and I probably didn't fully grasp it until like I was working in my internship. So what I did was I, took those two methods and said, all right, we're going to build a component and then we're going to build it like we normally do it on day one. And then we're going to gut everything out of it and put it on its separate components. That way you're seeing exactly what each component's doing. Cool. And and I feel like it, it really helps. Uh, Matt says it helps. And I saw when Matt did his lecture, 
they all look like I did. <laughs> They're like, what? And then I suggested, like, Matt, you should do it this way. He came back after lunch and did it. And like, oh, that makes sense. So two, like, I think there's really two points there is like, one is like, you guys are really open to like learning, like, oh, maybe this is a better way. And two is I'm always right. <laughs> no, I, I felt like, uh, like, especially when I saw that it clicked in my cohort, like we all have like our, our ways of doing things and we just do it for ourselves. But I felt like it's a really important way to take one big problem and break it down into two problems, essentially. Yeah, that makes sense yeah. to me. And I think that <laughs> what we try and model at Learn mm -hmm. and on our staff with our teaching team is a lot of what we're trying to teach the students on how to be a junior developer on a team that even if you are the newest <laughs> instructor, you can still tell the lead instructor who's been programming for 20 years, hey, maybe you could look at it in this other way. And I think that's so it's so valuable when you go on to a dev team to understand the value of your voice. For sure, yeah. I, sometimes I need to quiet down, but <laughs> yeah. I, I think, and another point of that is like, Matt's been doing this since I've been since I was a baby. <laughs> so like he I'm has <laughs> yeah, he has his way of doing it and it, it works because he understands each and every little ins and outs. Right. But if you don't understand the ins and outs, like something gets missed. Like and if you miss one part of that problem, right. maybe something else won't matter. Well, and that I think is why we try and balance our teaching staff that you have Matt on there who's been a developer for a long time yeah. and does know yeah. a, a lot about the field and the industry and the technology. But then we also have instructors who are at different levels in their career so that they can look at it differently sure. and they can explain it to the person that's just learning it because they remember what it was like to not know. Yeah. and. To that point, I remember like asking like Matt a question, and he would explain it. I would grasp it a little bit, but I just need a little more. Then I would go down to like Damon or Sarah, and then they would explain it. Like, that makes sense because like they're around my level, like they understand like the, that pain point that I'm stuck on. Where Matt, he understands the pain point, but like breaking it down to like like Gerbert food, he can't do for me. <laughs> right. So I, I feel like that's that curve that you guys have is super crucial to like, you have a super senior guy, you have mid, you have like early juniors, like it's really important to have that curve because at each point they understand a different pain point. Right, and we've mm -hmm. seen that as you grow in the class, as you continue to learn through the class that their expertise becomes valuable at different points. For sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right, yeah. and so that balance, that like having Matt around when we're doing the group projects, mm -hmm. when you're doing your capstones yeah. and you're struggling with things, that like the experience he has of building apps yeah. is so valuable. But then in that first like six weeks, it's yeah. really important to have somebody that's like, oh yeah, I remember <laughs> what it was like to learn this new, new concept. It's, to that point, it's really funny because I remember, uh, Damon and Sarah was, and Jez was our instructor, and we had like a flow, and then Matt came out of nowhere, and he came in, and he was speaking gibberish. Like his first lecture, I was like, what is this guy saying? Like everything <laughs> is just going over our head. And to, as you progress through the program, like he starts speaking English. Like it slowly becomes English, and you're like, oh, that makes sense. And I don't know if that's because we become better developers, or like he, we just meet somewhere in the middle. It's, 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 probably one of the most fascinating things because he comes in and he's 
he's hitting you hard. And yeah. as you progress through the course, it just starts making sense. And like when he goes up, you start looking forward to his lectures. Like I'm like, oh man, Matt's going up there. He's gonna just, he's gonna blast us. But I'm gonna learn so much. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, cool. So I want to um, kind of step away from that and move into what you're doing now. Sure. Um, and and I am really interested in talking about this idea of finding the right fit uh, for you because I think that there are so many opportunities out there that we do try really hard to encourage everyone to find the space that's mm -hmm. going to make them the most successful. Yeah. So for me, um, there I did this one because I truly do like developing, but I also wanted the freedom to be more agile. Like if I didn't like this environment, I'm like, all right, I could, I could leave. Like, so I started working at a company, Jope Connect, great. I had a really great onboarding. Um, they were super, super supportive, but their their culture wasn't for me. Like uh, it was very corporate, uh, just go in your cubicle, get some work done. We'll, we'll talk at the, the water cooler. <laughs> and for me, that, that, that just wasn't my environment. I, I didn't hate it, but I, I wasn't looking forward to going to work. So um, I f was freelancing at another company called uh, Byproxy, and I experienced their culture because I was freelancing with them. Um, I understood what they stood for. I, I knew people's name. They invited me out to parties, even though I wasn't part of the company per se. And I just like the company culture just in general. So when they offered me the position to come on board, I just looked at, they're both, the, I'm doing both the same thing, but I would have so much more uh, fun. And I feel like if I'm having fun at work, I'm gonna learn more at work. So I just decided, I don't wanna say jump ship, but I decided to convert. <laughs> yeah, make, the, make yeah. a different choice. Yeah, so I mean, for me, those that was the most, um, important thing for me is like I want to have I want to have the skills that I have the freedom to do what I want and I feel like that's what software development is kind of stands for today is like you could work from home you can freelance like of course there's other um, professions that you can do that but I feel like in this day and age software development is that right now so if I have the skills and people find me desirable I want to do what's right not only for like the company but definitely for myself so I decided to change companies. <laughs> yeah. Well, what you said earlier, mm. that it was hard to like see the culture when you were interviewing with a For company. sure, yeah. Um, I mean, that, I think that's like for every company, like as you're interviewing with the company, you guys are both putting your best foot forward, right? You're, it's, sure. it's just normal business. They're not gonna say, hey, the power comes out or power goes out every five minutes. Like they're, like they're not going to say like the bad things that happens at the company. So uh, I think that's another really great thing with freelancing is you get an opportunity to work with the company. And if it doesn't work out, then you just peace out or you could offer to actually work full time. So when you're interviewing for a company, obviously put your best foot forward, but also realize that they're putting their best foot forward too. And somewhere in the middle you guys are going to meet because you're 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 overselling yourself and they're overselling their company so like just be wary as when you work for a company it might not be what you expect it to be sure yeah did you now looking back on it are there things that you learned that you feel like maybe were not red flags but like kind of gave you the insight that you didn't see when you were interviewing with them i, I don't to be honest i don't think so my the person that i interviewed with 
very much like me, bubbly, and and we were the only bubbly ones. <laughs> and, <laughs> and he didn't work in the office, so like when I, what I was expecting was to go into the office and have people that they're not all bubbly, but like enjoy like having conversation, like, and that's not kind of what it was. Very much like we're we're understaffed. We need to just get work out. It, there was no time for. How was your weekend, Bill? Bill was working all weekend, so <laughs> he doesn't want to, to answer your question. So for me, like, I being this early in my career, I I didn't want to kind of get stuck in that corporate environment. I just came back from corporate environments. So I didn't want to get sure. in that environment again. Well, and it sounds like you've identified that that's not a place where you could learn and grow. For sure. I, learn, I think I could, but grow, I don't know, because I... W- I need I need I need sunshine to grow, <laughs> and I, I I didn't feel that sunshine. I felt like I was just going to work and just doing my card and going home. Yeah. But like, I didn't know if my coworkers like what were their hobbies. Like like I I feel like that's really important if you're gonna be with these people for eight hours a day. I kind of know want to know like hey what's your hobbies? Like I want to have something else besides code to talk about. And I didn't get that when I was working at that company. So yeah. I knew, for me personally, it's just not where I want to work at. Sure, that makes sense. Yeah. And so tell me a little bit more about what you're doing yeah. now. Yeah, so um, I felt like this is like, like a sponsor. Like So by, <laughs> by proxy, they are a commercial real estate. Basically, they're like Zillow for commercial real estate. Um, right now, I'm working just pure back end, which is like what I want to do. I'm terrible at the front end. Um, so they gave me the opportunity to just work in the back end, which I enjoy. Like, I enjoy just making tables, merging tables, um, and the atmosphere is like the head engineer, super patient. Like, I've been, like I said, super lucky to have like these super patient like mentors, and he's like, I can blow up the whole code base, which I have. And then I stayed up all night trying to fix it, and I came in super early so I could like catch him, and he was already there. I'm like, hey, I blew, I know, let's fix it. And then, like, obviously you don't want to do that every day, <laughs> but to have that, uh, I don't want to have that fear, like, as I'm typing code, like, oh, is this gonna blow up? And if it does blow up, am I gonna get in trouble or am I gonna get fired? And I feel like if I have the opportunity to experiment more and actually, like, Oh, what if I did this? I'm learning more and I'm helping the company and myself to be better. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. that that it's so important to understand how a company will um, respond to you when you make a mistake. Yeah. And I think that that I that is something that you can talk about in mm-hmm. the in the job interview process, yeah. right? Like what does success look like? What does failure look yeah. like? And if failure failure is like, well, you're gonna get written up and you're gonna da 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 da, then that's probably like sure. not the culture that yeah. you want to get into, yeah. you know? And I, I think when you're doing this interview process, you want to make sure that if you can, you're interviewing with the person that's going to be like in charge of you or who's gonna be helping you. Because yeah. you wanna get a feel for like who you're gonna be working with and like how they like how they measure success and failure. Like yeah. if if I if the person, like if my mentor right now, if he said like, yeah, if you failed, you're gonna get written up. I probably wouldn't, even if the culture was great, I probably wouldn't want to work for that person because I would sure. be terrified to like blow anything up. And then when I did, I probably would like sweep it under the rug. Right, right. <laughs> well, it, it, it uh, eliminates any 
you to make any kind of jump forward, For right? Because sure. you're yeah. too afraid yeah. to make a mistake. I will only want to be in that sandbox that I'm comfortable in. Yeah. Right, right. And so I think that that kind of boxes, especially junior developers yeah. in, like understanding how to deal when deal with employees when yeah. they mess up because yeah. you're going to mess up because you're still learning. And I think like to your point, being boxed in, like as a junior developer, you don't really know what you want to do yet, like what you want to specialize in, right? Like sure. I'm a full stack developer, but I really like working in the back end. Sure, I can put up a little page for you in the front, but like my best work is in the back end. So like if you're working at a company where they're boxing you in and you, you're only comfortable in this little sandbox, you really won't get to understand what your true passions inside of development is because right. you're too afraid to do anything else. Right, yeah. right, you need that. Mm, you need the ability to fail. Yeah. Like you need to be in an environment where that's yeah. it, okay and that you're going to be able to work through that. For sure. And I think that also it, it is okay that like when you're going through an interview process that if you're not meeting with the person that you're going to be directly working with, if mm -hmm. someone offers you a job before you accept, say, hey, can I meet the team? And right? I, yeah, like, and I never thought of that. But yeah, that's that's a really good point because... Typically, if you do meet the team, you're whiteboarding and like you're not really meeting the team. Right. You're, you're up there petrified. Right. <laughs> but like, yeah, actually having like a, a sit down. And that was one of the first thing that the company that I work with now is like, you want to go get a Popeye chicken sandwich? Yep. And, and before I was even working with them, I got to interact with them outside of work and see how they are. Yeah. And my the senior, the head engineer, how he is as a person, like, very quiet, but he loves cars, and we bonded over cars. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So, do you have any uh, closing words for anyone going through a boot camp or looking for a job or any of that? Yeah, I mean, going through a boot camp, I would say make sure that you actually have the passion to be like a web developer. Not don't join a boot camp and because it's the wave right now. Like, join a boot camp, and I'm going to be a developer. Because what's going to happen is one, you're going to you're going to burn yourself out because you truly don't have a passion. Like when I say passion, like it's everything. Like the one a.m. like studying, the early morning stand-up calls. Right. It's right. it's it's all of that. You have to. I don't love it, but it's part of my job. And like I, you have to love the whole thing. Um, so if you're doing it just for like money or just because it's like the wave, I I wouldn't do it. You you truly have to have a, a passion for this because like you're constantly learning and I think that's like one of those things that everyone says like something that I was working on two months ago I had to learn a whole new way because there's a, there's an efficient way of doing it now and if you're not staying up with the times you're going to kind of burn out and you're going to kind of fade away as as well and I think it's a junior's kind of job to kind of always be studying I feel like that's what my my head engineer wants me to do is like what's the new and latest Dante because he's he's already set in his ways and he's not really <laughs> studying so he, he leans on me to like yo have you seen like react suspense and I, and I better say something about it because like it's, it's kind of like my duty is to keep him hip he's like <laughs> <laughs> so, so like I, I I will say like that's really my biggest thing is like make sure that you actually like this and like you might not know you might not know now, but like when you join the boot camp, like that first week, you're going to know like, is this for me? And like, I, 
I would listen to yourself. Like if you're like, this is not for me, just right. don't don't waste your time because you're. This is a, a lifelong thing. This is like, if yep. you're if you're wasting time learning something that you don't enjoy, it's not going to work. Right. It's the craft. Yeah. Learning to love the craft of programming for sure, and not get into it because of the money or the flexibility yeah. or the like. The what an ideal developer job looks like. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, all those things are great, but you need. The, the core is you need to have that passion. Like those are just great add-ons, but like even if you don't have the passion, like you probably will never even get to those add-ons because you have, you have to prove yourself to get to that developer lifestyle. Right, for sure. Well, thank you so much for hanging out. Thank you for having me on, I appreciate it. It was great chatting with you. (laughs) And I love hearing more about like your background and your life and most of all, how it seems like your life has been preparing you for where you are now. Something that I didn't even know. <laughs> no, just, life just, is funny that way. I'm just walking. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, totally. Well, for those of you listening, uh, you can check out Learn Academy at learnacademy.org. We're on all the social media channels, uh, Facebook, Twitter, LinkedIn, um, uh, Instagram, YouTube, all the things. Um, and you can listen to other episodes, uh, Collaboration Code Radio. We'd love to uh, hear from you. Have a great day.